Welcome to Goop Tales, episode 72, Bragger and the Thorn Miniatures. I'm Maria Calanchini, and I'm the author of Goop Tales. And today I am very excited because we are going to go on a trip to the Thorn Miniatures at the Art Institute of Chicago. Now, this is a place that I have been, and I loved it. It's like a fantasy land. I went there a couple years ago, and it's this whole section in the Art Institute where they have created, I think it's 68 miniature rooms based on real rooms and real architecture throughout the centuries. There's rooms from France, from England, from the Georgian period in the United States, from Japan. It's very cool. And they recreate these tiny dollhouse rooms and everything in them, like the the forks and the knives and the, the food are all just made in miniature. And you can walk through that section and each room has a glass panel on the wall and you can look in through the glass panel and see everything in the room. So that is where today's story is gonna take place. And that was the inspiration for today's story. And the goop that is going is named Bragger. So I wanna thank Piper who left a review on iTunes. And she said that Bragger is a goop who always brags. He carries a little plastic toy finger on a stick to stop other goops from talking so he can brag. So thank you, Piper. I've definitely known a bragger or two in my time and I've loved that idea. So I took it and ran with it to the Thorn Miniature Rooms. And now I'm gonna read a review from iTunes. I love the reviews that you all are leaving there. And I know some of you are updating yours and giving new ideas and it's so fun. So I'm gonna take the one that's at the top right now. And that's Savannah. And Savannah said, hi, it's me again, Savannah. I am nine years old, turning 10 in two months. I have a new goop name for you. His name is Tinker. You can change the name of it. He loves to tinker with his tools and always wears a safety helmet on his head. But there's a twist. Your dog Rocco comes with Tinker on his journey to the Big Ben in London. Please put this in your next podcast and possibly make a goop like this. I love goop tales. I'm sorry if I spelled your dog's name wrong. Oh, Savannah, thank you so much. And don't worry, Rocco won't know. But I'll tell you one thing, he will be thrilled to be in a goop tale. And that's a great idea. Maybe he can be the pet of one of the goops. Rocco's very adventurous, so I think he'd like that. In fact, he had a little surgery yesterday because he was so adventurous. He got a little foxtail in his paw. So he's walking around with a little mini cast. Maybe I'm gonna take a picture of it and put it on Instagram. That's what I'm gonna do. So look for him and his little cast on Instagram. Okay, so what else do I have for you? Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. You all are all, you all are sending in such great goop names and I love them. So I have another favor to ask. How about you send me in ideas, like specific ideas where a goop could have an adventure somewhere in the world. Like, and it, it could be somewhere real in the world. It could be somewhere too, like the fantasy that we've made up from like, hate you who went inside a cabbage. 
And now we're inside the Thorn miniature rooms. So these are real places, but they inspire the story. So if you have ideas for a real place, let me know, especially somewhere specific. And also, I want to ask you, if you have ideas when you're writing in your goop ideas for the kind of hat you want your goop to wear and what you want your goop to carry, that would be amazing because it adds to the creativity of the story. And then you get to get some input into it. You can say, I want the hat to look like this and what they're carrying should be this because their name is this. That would be super cool. So I would love to hear locations, what they're carrying, what kind of hats, things like that would be fantastic. Okay, before we get started, a couple people have still been asking me how to get the free coloring books. On the navigation bar at gooptails.com, we now have a tab, thanks to Tanya, thank you. And it's called Freebie. So you can just click there and you can sign up for the coloring book. I also want to give a huge shout out to Nicole W for donating a very generous donation um, on the donation tab. I really appreciate this because we have a little team doing Goop Tales here and we just do it out of love for Goop Tales. And we're going off our own steam right now. So just thank you so much. That means so much. Okay, I think that's it. I think we're ready to get started and go on a trip to the Thorn Miniature Museum with Mr. Bragger. And I will see you on the other side. Bragger could be quite the riot. When he was around, it was never quiet. But, oh, he was so fun and full of wonder that he could take over like a bolt of thunder. And if you knew how he loved to brag and brag, he did it so much he could become a drag. Chapter One Once upon a time, there was a goop boy named Bragger. Bragger was full of mischief and wonder in the best way possible. He knew how to liven up a room and turn any gray day into a day of adventure. Nothing could stop Bragger from having a fantastic time if he put his mind to it. Once, all of the goops had gathered together to celebrate the summer solstice. But instead of the anticipated bright, sunny day, the rain burst out of the sky in buckets. There would be no raining on a parade when Bragger was around. Bragger hopped onto Nevershare's shoulders, lifted up his little stick with a plastic finger on the end, and called out, Here, here, everyone. There may be clouds in the sky and rain on the ground, but let's welcome Summer with the biggest party she has ever seen. Then he jumped off Nevershare into a gigantic puddle and hopped around in delight covering himself in mud. Muddyfoot and Dirty Gus followed his lead, and within seconds, all of the goops were throwing mud balls on the summer solstice and having the time of their lives. This was so typical of Bragger. He had contagious energy, and others loved to follow it. On several occasions, Bragger had all the goops in Miss Wigglebutt's class laughing like hyenas. 
When Miss Wigglebutt turned toward the chalkboard, he would sashay across the aisle, wiggling his rear end and waving his little finger on a stick. The other goops would snicker in delight, and Miss Wigglebutt would turn around and say, Class, what is going on? Bragger would slide into his seat just in the nick of time. There were times when the rest of the goops did their best to stay away from Bragger. And that was when he was in a bragging mood. As Gablia liked to say, Bragger is being so braggadocious today. Bragger certainly knew how to turn a molehill into a mountain when it came to bragging. Once, he raced Zimsneez across the lake and won by a second or two because Zimsneez stopped to sneeze. After the race, Bragger raised his little plastic finger on a stick and said, Attention, all goops. For those of you who did not witness it, I won the swimming race. I am the fastest swimmer in all the land. Anoya heard this and rolled her eyes, mumbling, he beat Zim Sneeze by one second, and now he's the fastest swimmer in all the land. Another time, Bragger finished his math test before any of the other goops. He turned it in and walked out of the classroom with his plastic finger held high in the air, saying, I am the fastest and best mathematician in this class. Dewanu chuckled inwardly because he was sitting behind Bragger and he knew that Bragger had incorrectly answered the final math question. So in fact, he wasn't the best mathematician. Bragger got on with Dilly Dally like a house on fire. Dilly Dally was known for Dilly Dallying and taking her time. So she was always the last to leave just about anywhere. Whenever Bragger stood up and started waving his little finger about to brag, attention all goops, all of the other goops would scatter as quickly as possible. But not Dilly Dally. She would take her time lingering and sometimes listen to Bragger as he bragged away. Bragger loved this about Dilly Dally because he knew that she would always be an audience for him. After all, someone needed to hear of his latest accomplishments. One fine November day, November 11th to be precise, Bragger and Dilly Dally made plans to get together. They selected November 11th because that is Origami Day. Both Bragger and Dilly Dally loved origami and they loved to do it while hanging out in Dilly Dally's sunroom. Dilly Dally had a beautiful, airy, white sunroom surrounded by windows with a large art table right in the middle. The table was filled with every supply imaginable. Stacks of brightly colored origami paper, jars filled with vibrant pastels and colored pencils, Paint boxes and paintbrushes were all neatly stacked in a box that contained reams of paper. One of the walls was covered in an animal-themed wallpaper that had rhinoceroses, giraffes, lions, tigers, whales, pelicans, 
elephants, and many other creatures. This wall was always the inspiration for origami. Come on, Bragger. Let's see who can make the best origami animal. I am going to make an elephant, squealed Dilly Dally. Well, I can make the best origami animal, of course, and I can make it the fastest, proclaimed Bragger as he snatched a piece of bright green paper. Dilly Dally just giggled (laughs) and picked up a piece of yellow paper and began making her elephant. She carefully folded the paper and her elephant came to life. Bragger folded his paper back and forth and up and over as quickly as possible in his race to finish first. He needn't have worried as Dilly Dally was just dilly-dallying along. Done, he exclaimed as he held up an oddly shaped animal with a long, narrow piece sticking out. Dilly-dally looked at it quizzically and said, What is that? Why, it's an elephant, of course, he answered. Dilly-dally laughed (laughs) and shook her head and continued folding her yellow paper. When she was finally finished, she held up her perfectly shaped origami elephant and said, Now this is an elephant. Bragger looked at it and frowned. Dilly Dally's elephant was perfect, but he was not to be outdone. He held up his paper elephant and said, My elephant is the best origami elephant ever. As soon as he said it, Dilly Dally's little yellow origami elephant grew larger, bellowed an elephant sound, reached out his trunk, picked up Bragger by his foot, and deposited Bragger inside his elephant mouth. Then he turned around and walked over to the animal wall, stepped inside it, and disappeared. Dilly Dally watched with her mouth hanging open, unable to say a word. Chapter 2 Bragger felt himself surrounded by what seemed like sandpaper. He stood and shook himself like a dog does after a bath, hoping to get rid of that itchy feeling. Then he took a look around at his surroundings. Bragger was in a tiny, well-appointed front hallway with a twisting staircase leading to another level. The walls in the hallway were covered in an exotic landscape wallpaper. Bragger stared at the wallpaper and had a flashback of being swallowed by a yellow origami elephant. Where was he? There were several doors off the hallway, including a front door. An entire wall of the room was all glass. And as Bragger looked out the glass, he saw human legs walking by. It was astonishing. He had never seen anything like it in his life. He even saw the heads of a few human children. Bragger lived in Goop World with all of the rest of the Goops, and he had heard about humans in Miss Wigglebutt's class, but he had never encountered one in person. So those are humans, he thought to himself, as he watched human legs and heads move by the glass wall 
of the room he was standing in. What sort of place is this? He wondered aloud. He decided to explore, and he chose the front door as his portal into this strange new world. Gregor carefully opened the door and slipped out, gently closing it behind him. He expected to find a beautiful garden or a street, but instead he found a maze of narrow wood passageways. After taking a few steps down one of the passageways, Bragger saw door after door. They were all lined up one after the other. There were markings on each door indicating what was inside. Cape Cod living room, French salon of the Louis XIV period, California hallway, and so on. The names and doorways seemed to go on endlessly. Bragger walked by several and finally decided to open a door labeled English Drawing Room of the Georgian Period. He entered the drawing room and looked around. The room had a very high ceiling and a fireplace, as well as a bay window seat with a built-in banquette covered by a yellow cushion seat with a ruffle. On top of the fireplace stood three blue and white chinois vases, and above the vases hung a portrait of a young woman with a full head of brown curls topped by an enormous blue bow. She was wearing a white fur stole around her shoulders. Bragger stared at her, wondering who she was. When suddenly she spoke, Whatever are you doing here? She asked in a prim voice. Bragger was startled. He hadn't expected her to speak. I I don't know, he said. You don't know who you are? Or you don't know what you are doing here? Asked the woman in the portrait. Of course I know who I am. I am Bragger of Goop World. I am the funniest, most charming goop ever, said Bragger as he held up his little plastic finger stick for emphasis. The woman burst out in a little peal of laughter. Well, you've certainly made me laugh, Mr. Bragger Goop. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm Emily Thornton, and you are in my drawing room. That sounds wonderful, Emily. Where are all of your art supplies? I don't see any, said Bragger. Art supplies? Whatever are you speaking of? asked Emily. Well, you said it was your drawing room, replied Bragger. Emily burst out in polite laughter (laughs) and explained to Bragger that an English drawing room was a room in which to receive and entertain guests. She then told Bragger that he was in the Thorn Miniature section of the Art Institute of Chicago. Every single room in the miniature section was teeny dollhouse size modeled after full-sized rooms. Each miniature room had a glass window wall in order for humans to peer in and admire the tiny rooms. Emily told Bragger that there were 68 rooms in total that represented English, French, and American household interiors from the 13th to the 19th century. She also told him that thousands of human tourists stared in at them every day, and some even took photographs. Bragger listened intently, trying to understand everything she was saying, when the loud voice of a little girl interrupted his thoughts. Look, Mommy! Mommy, look! 
there's a strange creature in this room, called out a little girl as she pressed her face against the wall of the miniature room and stared at Bragger. I want him, she demanded. Chapter 3 Bragger stared back at the large brown eyes pressed against the glass. They were huge, and the little girl had a determined look on her face. She wanted Bragger to be her pet. He just stared back at her in disbelief. Now is not the time to freeze. Quickly, get under the banquette, said Emily. Banquette? The window bench, replied Emily tersely. Bragger came out of his trance and scooted beneath the ruffled banquette, just as the little girl's mother leaned her head down and stared through the glass into the drawing room. I don't see anything, Amelia, she said. He's under the window bench. I saw him, insisted the little girl. Her mother laughed and said, come now, let's look at the other rooms. As she pulled Amelia away, you can come out now. They are gone, called out Emily. Bragger scooted out from beneath the ruffled bench and stood up. You must be careful, said Emily. If they catch you, it would not end up well. What do you mean? Who are they? asked Bragger. Why, the museum's security, of course. Children usually make a fuss about strange creatures in the miniature section. And then security comes. Once, a mouse got into the Pennsylvania kitchen where he was scavenging for food. He was spotted by a young boy named Arnold, who squealed in delight. Arnold managed to find the mouse a bit later, snoozing on a canopy bed in the English bedroom of the Georgian period. Well, Arnold put up such a fuss that security came, and they went into the back end of the miniature rooms and captured the mouse. Rumor has it that the mouse is now stuffed and in a different part of the museum but I can't be entirely sure of that. As I never leave my room, said Emily. Bragger listened in horror, then exclaimed, I don't want to be stuffed. I should hope not, said Emily. Now, I don't mean to be rude, but I do need my beauty rest. Would you mind running along now? Perhaps you should visit my friend Sophie. She is in the English drawing room of the early Georgian period. She is really quite lovely, and I'm sure you would love her company. She also knows how to solve every problem, and she will know how to help you out of here without security catching you first. Just pop out my bay window and take the passage to your left. Pass four doorways and then go right, and she will be on the eighth door on your left. Be a love and run along now. Oh, and do tell Sophie I said hello. Ta-ta! Bragger could not believe it. He was being dismissed by a painting. A lovely painting, but a painting nonetheless. He looked at Emily and said, Okay, I will be gone, but don't forget that I am the funniest and most charming goop you will ever meet. Emily laughed and said, (laughs) I should think so. Ta-ta! Then Bragger slipped out the bay window of the Georgian drawing room and disappeared into the passageways behind the miniatures. He tried to remember Emily's directions. I passed four 
doorways and then I turn right or or was it left? I think it was right. And then I pass another eight doorways. That's it, that's it. He said to himself as he scurried along the passageways. Bragger turned right and passed another eight doorways. Then he looked at the door in front of him. It said, French dining room of the Louis XIV period. Hmm, well, maybe I can get a snack in this dining room and then go find Sophie, thought Bragger. He opened the door and walked into a beautiful dining room with wood-paneled walls and a domed ceiling with a tiny crystal chandelier hanging from it. It was a splendid room with carved doors and walls and an enormous fireplace. A large dining table, flanked by two chairs covered in red and white velvet, sat in the middle of the room. And a well-arranged bowl of delicious-looking fruit sat on the middle of the dining table. Bragger looked around the room in awe. He had never seen a place of such grandeur. He let out a sigh. (sighs) Then he spotted the bowl of fruit. There was a perfect orange right on top. Yum, said Bragger as he reached for the orange. I beg your pardon. I am not to be eaten. I am a faux orange, said the orange. Bragger stopped and stared at the orange his hand was on. What? Faux? He said. Oui, faux. That means I am fake. But I do not like to think of myself as fake. In any case, you cannot eat me. Please. Take your hand off of me, said the orange. Bragger was so taken aback, he did exactly as the orange asked and released it. No sooner had he removed his hand from the orange when two large brown eyes appeared on the glass wall of the French dining room of the Louis XIV period, and Amelia called out, Mommy, there he is again. Look, look. Amelia's mother looked down put her eyes on the glass and stared right at Bragger. I do see him, Amelia. I do, said her mother. See who? Who's in there? Said a man's gruff voice. Amelia looked up to see a security guard leaning down to look into the French dining room. Chapter four. Through that door. To the right of the fireplace, quickly, now, squealed the orange. Bragger turned and scurried toward the door, calling out, Merci, au revoir, the only French words he knew as he slid through the wood-carved door and quickly shut it behind him, just in the nick of time. Clear the way, clear the way, said the security guard as he lowered his head to peer into the French dining room. I don't see anything unusual, he said as he surveyed the miniature room. He was there. I saw him. I promise, said Amelia. The guard looked down at her and shook his head. I saw him too, chimed in Amelia's mother. The guard turned and looked at her. What exactly did you see? A mouse? Oh, no. It was a strange little creature carrying some sort of tiny stick. And he had on red pants, said Amelia's mother. Why, I never, said the guard. Oh, yes. He was in another room earlier, the Tennessee drawing room. 
I have been looking for him ever since, said Amelia. The guard, whose name was Pierre, prided himself on keeping the miniature section in tip-top shape and free of intruders. I see. Well, I will get to the bottom of this. Give me his description again, will you, madame? He said as he pulled out a little notepad and turned to Amelia's mother. Meanwhile, Bragger found himself on the backside of all the miniature rooms. He saw a passageway going left and another going right. I must find Sophie, he said aloud. He was still standing outside the door to the French dining room, and the orange heard him. The orange called out to him, Very good idea. Sophie will know what to do. Take the passageway to your left, and she will be on the third door on your right. And watch out for Pierre. He will be coming in the back end. Bon chance. I can remember that, thought Bragger, as he turned to the left and scurried down the passageway. One, two, three, he counted. And just as he said three, he heard a loud creak as Pierre opened an enormous door on the back end of the miniature exhibit in search of the intruder. Bragger heard Pierre, and with his heart pounding, He jumped inside the third door on his right and slammed it shut. If you please, no door slamming in my drawing room, young man, said a woman's voice in an English accent. Bragger whirled around and came face to face with a portrait of a beautiful woman hanging above an ornate carved fireplace. Welcome, I am Sophie, and you are, she asked in a commanding but kind tone. Before he could stop himself, Bragger held up his little stick with a finger on the end and said, I am Bragger, the funniest and most charming goop ever, at your service. And then, just because he thought it was the right thing to do, he gave a small bow. Charming, how can I help you? said Sophie. Well, your friend Emily from the Georgian drawing room sent me. She says, hello. And she also said you could help me. I do believe I am being pursued by a security guard named Pierre. And I really don't want to go the way of the stuffed mouse. Can you help me get out of here? Oh, Emily, what a dear, murmured Sophie. A creaking sound interrupted their conversation. That would be Pierre. We have no time to waste. So listen carefully. You need to get to the English entrance hall of the Georgian period, circa 1775. It is an elegant entryway with light shining down from above. There is a wooden staircase leading to the second floor. But in fact, there is no second floor. There is a landing with a drop that leads to your dreams. Go up the stairway and don't hesitate. Just jump at the landing and dream of home as you jump. Oh, and do not forget to call out, Ciao, Pierre, as you jump. Do you trust me, said Sophie. Bragger nodded as he heard Pierre's voice say, Now let me check the French drawing room again. I will find this intruder with the red pants. 
take the passageway to your right and count down 18 doors. And there you will find the back door to the English entrance hall of the Georgian period. Remember, circa 1775. You must hurry now. Bragger started out the door to his right when Sophie stopped him. No, no. If you go that way, Pierre will see you immediately. The bookcase to your left is a secret door. There is a hidden button on the first shelf behind the second book. Quickly, Bragger ran to the bookcase and fumbled behind the second book until he felt the button, which he immediately pressed. He watched in awe as the door swung open. Now, whispered Sophie, as Pierre opened the back end of the miniature section and peered into Sophie's room. Bragger disappeared behind the door just in time and silently made his way down the passageway. One, two, three, four, he counted under his breath as he moved along. Finally, after he had passed 17 doors, he came to the 18th door marked English Entrance Hall of the Georgian Period, C period, 1775. He was reaching up to open it when he heard Pierre's voice. Aha! Finally, I have found you! Bragger didn't hesitate. He whipped open the door and shot up the staircase in front of him. At the top of the landing, there was a large, dark hole. Bragger stood for a moment, looking down the hole, when he felt Pierre's finger touch his back. I've got you! called out Pierre as he grasped for Bragger. Ciao, called out Bragger as he jumped into the black void and shut his eyes to dream of home. Where? Where did he disappear to? A bewildered Pierre asked himself. Eighteen rooms away, Sophie heard him and smiled. Bragger landed back in Dilly Dally's playroom. He looked at a yellow origami elephant lying on the floor, and then he looked around for Dilly Dally, but she was nowhere to be found. She was dilly-dallying around the Bolt Castle in New York. But that is a tale for another time. Okay, I hope you enjoyed going on that trip to the Thorn Miniature Museum as much as I enjoyed writing it. It was super fun to take a trip down that way and to look at all the photographs that go with it. So definitely go to Bragger's page, gooptales.com forward slash Bragger. You can see all of the photos that I talked about of these tiny, amazing rooms. And just imagine how miniature they are. It's crazy. I love it. So I'm glad you enjoyed that tale. And if you did, please leave a review on iTunes. Let's see what else. And remember, you can always get your favorite Gooptails shirt at shop.gooptails.com with a goop on it. And don't forget to send me in all that fun stuff. The names of the goop that you want, what their hat is like, and what they're carrying. And where they go. I cannot wait to hear the amazing places I know you all are going to come up with for where these goops are going to travel. So that is it for this episode, and I will see you in the next one. 
with Miss Dilly Dally. I love that name, Dilly Dally. Okay, I'll see you all then. And remember to make every day a goop day.